0: I've never wanted to do anything else. When I was a preschool child, I talked about wanting to be a farmer, and my father made me a model farm. I've never wanted to do anything else.
1: G'day, and welcome to the Humans of Agriculture podcast in collaboration with the Royal Agricultural Society of Victoria. I'm your host, Ollie Laleve, and over the next 11 days, we've got something pretty exciting in store. The Royal Agricultural Society of Victoria, or RASV, has proudly presented the Royal Melbourne Show since 1855. It's Victoria's largest and most iconic annual community event, attracting more than 450,000 visitors and contributes more than $244 million to Victoria's economy each year. Due to the impact of COVID-19, the Royal Melbourne Show was cancelled this year for only the third time in its 165 year history after what has been an incredibly testing year for many people we are very excited to be celebrating the royal melbourne show online this year over the next 10 days you'll be hearing stories from a range of people who are all actively involved in the show and some of them for nearly 50 years today we're chatting with doug and lauralee deppler to understand a bit more about their story and their affiliation with the royal melbourne show they're farmers from darren ellum in southwest victoria And this year would have marked their 48th consecutive year of showing their Suffolk sheep at the Royal Melbourne show. So today I thought I'd take the chance to sit down with them, find out a bit more about these two. And it led me to discovering what it was and how these two met. It was at a show back in the 1970s and then the rest is history. This year they're celebrating 50 years of breeding sheep. And so I wanted to know what it was for Doug that keeps him getting out of bed in the morning and keeps him motivated to keep on improving. We chat about the implementation of practices on their farm to work with nature, to get the best outcomes for the environment, but also their business. The importance of being adaptable and being proactive in decision-making for them. Beyond the show ring, I asked why the show is so important to them. And it came back to the community and seeing friends from all over Victoria. We chat about some of the highs and lows over the years, but a really special moment for them was in 2010 when they won the interbreed champion for both the ram and you which is a male and female sheep no one had won it before and it's only been done once since enjoy the chat doug and lauralee welcome to the humans of agriculture podcast thank you welcome ollie are you able to just starting off just tell me a little bit about where in the world you are where in victoria you are and how things are looking at your place uh,
0: Derren Allen is very approximately halfway between Geelong and Hamilton in the southwest of Victoria. Uh, we look across the paddock a couple of kilometres to the iconic Mount Elephant and um, we are experiencing a an excellent season this year.
1: And it hasn't always been home out at, at Darren Allen or Derry way for you, has it?
0: Um, I personally was born and bred at uh, Moriak and Motawari, just uh, 20 minutes southwest of Geelong. Uh, and that's where I actually started breeding Suffolk. And Loralee comes from.
2: I grew up around Dandenong and Hampton Park and then moved up here to Alum quite a few years ago.
1: Yeah, lovely. And how much is, has the area changed around there since you guys started farming out that way?
0: I think the most noticeable change is that uh, uh, I came here in 1977 with my parents and my brother and every property pretty much was a grazing property. Um, And most farms grew one paddock of of oaks as a crop standby for hay and if it wasn't needed for hay it went into the silo for grain for on-farm feeding we've now got the situation where a big percentage of the district is cropping um, back in about 2006 the sheep numbers in this area dropped by over half and uh, for a number of reasons and uh, those numbers haven't really lifted since
3: okay
1: yeah it's uh, it's interesting as you drive out that way now isn't it the how just the the approach to farming has changed with the raised beds obviously um slightly different to other areas of australia where it's actually about getting water off the paddocks rather than <laughs> keeping it on there yeah, so. exactly
0: yeah no and for some of this country that you wouldn't have dreamt of, uh, cropping 30 years ago It is yeah. Raised beds has made it uh, extremely viable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to, um, we're obviously here to talk about the Raw Melbourne show today, but for you, for both of you, that's kind of where things began. So the story of both yourself, Doug and Laurelie as well, were you guys able to tell me a bit more about how you two met and where it was?
0: well we directly met through Suffolk sheep um i started uh, my stud in uh, 1970 and lorley's parents and brother um already had a small stud and uh we met them i met them very early on in fact i think i met them before i bought my first sheep and um it grew from there. I started showing in Melbourne in 1972. Uh, Laurelly's family were already showing there, and um, uh, through time we spent together at Melbourne Show, we decided that we we liked each other.
1: There you go. It's a real it's a real love of livestock, isn't it? That has brought you two together and kept you guys going, which is crazy to think 1970 when you started, Doug. Yeah, this
0: is 50 years of Suffolk breeding and um, um, yeah, um, and uh, you know, a reasonable number of studs across all species make 50 years. Um, but usually uh, it's a result of generations within the family and um so we we I've knocked up, notched up 50 years this year and 50 years of the one manager on the stud too which is um I think pretty pretty unique
1: yeah absolutely and so for you you obviously started this stud back in the 70s but was what role did your dad have in encouraging you to have a have a bit of a go yourself
0: Look, my father was a, a lifetime farmer, as was his father before him, but my father never had any involvement or, or don't think, any real interest in um, uh, stud breeding. Um, he saw at an early age that I did, or possibly did, and he so in, he encouraged me, and I believe to this day he encouraged me into Suffolk sheep because at that particular time in Victoria, they were very low in numbers. And I think he believed that um, it would be an easy breed to break into. Um, And I've never been convinced that he necessarily thought that um, it was something that would continue. And um, here we are 50 years later and um, pretty much revolves around the sheep and the um, in a normal year, the show calendar.
3: Hi, I'm Pia, horticulture and sugar analyst at Rabobank, and I'm here to share our latest insights on Australia's vegetable market. Did you know, in 2023, Australia produced over $5.8 billion worth of vegetables, though only 4.3% of this was exported. Like many other countries, the Australian vegetable industry relies mostly on its domestic market. In fact, only 7% of global vegetables produced are traded between countries. But we are starting to see that trend change. Global trade is growing at a faster rate than production, and countries with low cost production are seeing the highest growth rates. You can learn more about trends in the vegetable market on our latest Rabo Research Australia podcast, Mapping World Vegetable Trade, or reach out to me via the Rabobank Australia social media channels to learn more.
1: So you say it was an easy life. Now, Laurelie, from your perspective of Doug, has it been an easy easy way of life breeding the sheep or what's it been like on this journey?
2: Oh, well, it's had its ups and downs like everything, but most of, yeah, it's been pretty good though. Fairly easy.
1: Yeah. Lovely. And so for you growing up in Dandenong, you absolutely loved animals from from a young age. And so what is it about the sheep's or the sheep and farming side that kind of drew you that way?
2: Well, I think, um, you know, like my parents and that started the stud from one of the foundation members in Victoria, um, because uh, they knew one another and yeah, you know, it just grew from there. And I just just love them and just an animal person, but I think it's because of their black faces and their legs, they just tend to stand out and they've really got a personality of their own.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, back at school. We had an ag plot, which was only we only had ten sheep, but we had a blackface Suffolk in there, and I tell you what, he could get out of anywhere. He was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and so, on the on the livestock side, and I was reading a bit about your website, which is a very impressive website as well. But you mentioned that your aim is for livestock is to have fit, functional, and healthy sheep, and and you're actually doing this through relying on natural products in through your drenches and applications, which I found really interesting. So how did that come about and and what's the reason behind kind of the, the natural products? Uh,
0: look, um, I guess uh, my philosophy is to breed and run your stock as practically and as easily as possible. Um, I've seen over the years in other facets of agriculture where an over-reliance on fertilizers and chemicals in all sorts of forms can at times have a a detrimental effect. Um, I'm a great believer um, in sustainability and um, I believe that uh, the easiest And the best way for our animals and for ourselves is to work as closely as possible with nature and not try to change nature to suit us and to suit a bank account. Um, And I, I, you know, I'm not, uh, I don't go over the top with it, but um, I have found that uh, supplementation. Um, with natural products certainly does keep our sheep healthy um, and uh, resulting in them doing better uh, especially in in times when it may either be too wet and too cold or too dry and um, it works and it's cheaper than continually poking chemical drenches down their throat we we use chemical drenches. We use chemical products, um, but strategically and and no more than necessary. And, um, and look, it's just been my experience that um, uh, supplementing them with natural products has um, uh, been been a great advantage to
1: us. That's um that's incredible. Because are you guys aware of the which I'd say, if it's a trend or not, um, around the practices of regenerative agriculture is that your model of farming? I, I'm
0: I'm aware of it. Uh, look, we're in a situation now where we're semi-retired, and we're just trying to make things as as easy as possible for ourselves, and um, um so we're not necessarily following any set um programs like that. But, but I'm aware of it and I believe that long-term um, for agriculture in Australia to remain viable, we do have to become more sustainable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's really interesting is that from what you're talking about, like this regenerative mindset is actually nothing new. Like if, you t- if you're talking about sustainability of managing the environment and managing a business well 50 years of breeding Suffolk sheep well i tell you what that's a bloody sustainable business and a obviously sustainable environment
0: look 50 years it doesn't sound long when you say it um i've learned a hell of a lot in that time i'm still learning um i wouldn't suggest that what we do is a blueprint for anybody let alone ourselves um we're constantly finding new challenges. And um, it's a matter of, you know, adapting. Um, Adapting, um, being aware of changes around you and what's happening um, on your own property, uh, in the natural environment and within the industry. Um, Being ready to adapt and and wherever possible, being proactive in, in making those whatever necessary changes uh, before um, yeah before you get to a situation which makes it uh, hard to correct
1: And so talking of changes and difficulties and challenges obviously this year has presented quite a few and what many people or well, would not know and but they're about to is that um, this would have been your 48th year of showing um, or exhibiting sheep consecutively at the Royal Melbourne show, which is incredible. So how have you guys balanced, I suppose, that the real challenge that has presented itself this year?
0: At, um, let's say a mature age breeders. Um, we now using Facebook a lot to promote our sheep. We've, um, recently been involved in, uh, uh, an online sale via Auctions Plus, all new to us. We had to photograph and, and video our film and uh, video our sheep, and submit that, um, and be prepared to answer, you know, whatever questions we were put to us by individual breeders that wanted further information, and um, that's a, a whole new ball game. In the past, um, we took some happy snaps around the farm, relied on the more professional photographers taking sheep of, photos of our sheep in the show ring, um, and then using those in whatever form of advertising. But um, we're now thrown into a situation where largely we've had to do much of that ourselves. And um, I can see, regardless of where the current situation goes, That um, and even you know, when we get back to normal um, shows and physical sales, that um, the online side of it is still going to become an important part um, in conjunction with whatever the physical event might be. So, you know, it's just another thing that um, after 50 years not only are we learning but we're being forced to adapt if we want to remain um, relevant in the current environment
1: yeah it's incredible in terms of challenges loralee is this has this year been the most challenging of them all or is there a time where it really stands out
2: um i suppose it has has it challenges i can't sort of think of any offhand. um
0: the challenges this year have been more personal yeah uh, from, well, that's a bi- true. from a business point of view, there have been times when the seasons have been extremely tough um, and times when the family was was younger if seasons were tough or markets were low uh when the income wasn't there they were they were the tough times we've been fortunate this year that um we live in work live and work in a very healthy environment um, we don't have to go very far within inside the boundaries of our property to be socially distanced from anybody else and from a work point of view we're having a good season markets have been good and that side of life just goes on as normal
1: yeah oh I love the positivity it's good it's um Incredible, isn't it? Lot when there, there are challenges, but it's amazing how we uh, we're resilient and we adapt and, and find a work around and make it work for ourselves. And now I want to talk specifically about the Royal Melbourne show. So, uh, Doug, as you'd mentioned, you'd been been going since 1972. But what is it about the shows in particular that's it's bringing the country to the city for ten days to two weeks? what what is it that's so special for you about the royal melbourne show
2: oh i just think it's you know you catch up with people that you don't see from one year to the next and and i have relatives that have horses and you know they're up north of the state and it's always handy to catch up with them but yeah it's just i suppose the smell of the straw in the shed again and <laughs>
0: As, there's two answers to that. Look, well, as a child growing up, my annual trip to the Melbourne Show with my family was the highlight of the year. It really was, and the old days, the atmosphere, the style of the show, completely different to what we experience today. Um, so that in uh, started the love uh, for the Melbourne Show. To be completely um, honest, from a business point of view today, it is not the most important show, probably. Um, The uh, value of the Melbourne show as a sheep exhibitor has ebbed and flowed over the years. Um, There was a number of years ago when, um, 10 years or so, when um, many people stopped exhibiting in Melbourne, we questioned the value of it and continued to show. And and, uh, I remember on one occasion somebody said, why do you still go to Melbourne? And um, my answer at that stage was we'd been going that long that we didn't know how not to go. Um, But there is something different about Melbourne. I believe the lure of a royal rosette is still... Uh, very strong, certainly for us. Uh, The current committee running the Melbourne show, and this is taking nothing away from their predecessors, the current committee have worked very hard to rebuild the sheep competition in Melbourne, and I believe they've been successful in doing that at a time when most country people find it easier to show in regional centers rather than travel to the city for, for some of us sheep exhibitors in melbourne uh, the melbourne show still represents probably our only trip to melbourne in a calendar year so um but yeah look every show we go to is different and and melbourne still has an allure for us um we've just always done it and um
2: yeah like you said it's from childhood growing up that was the excitement you'd, you'd go to the show for one day and you'd see the animals and the grand parade and get your sample bags and and then of course once we had the sheep well it was just yeah catching up with exhibitors you didn't see from one year to the next That's i think it's ingrained in the blood i don't think we'll ever stop
1: yeah because that was going to be my next question we So, yeah, you'll keep going. And so you mentioned the Royal Rosette there, which for people who may not know, the Rosette is the badge or the ribbon. Um, Have you guys, or have you won any? Or how many have you won?
0: We've won a share. I've got no idea. I've got no idea of the total. Um, Some years we've been successful. Some years we haven't. Some of the times we been, haven't have been successful, maybe we should have done better, maybe we didn't deserve to you know, do well at all. Um, it varies, um, but we've had some big achievements. 2010, we showed both the Interbreed Champion Ram and the Interbreed Champion U, and up until that time, no breeder had won the double. Um, and it's only been done once since um so that was a big achievement uh we've had success there we won a couple of uh very very special uh, group classes in particular way back in in feature show um oh, last century so um yeah over over the journey we've we've had our share of success certainly yes,
1: oh wow. It's, um, incredible hearing you talk about it. <laughs> it's just, yeah, there's something so special about it, isn't it? When it, when it comes to the Royals.
0: Yeah, to us, uh, many sheep breeders wouldn't agree, but I think it's the fact that, um, it goes right back to childhood for us. And I guess, you know, the fact that that was where Laurie and I got to know each other initially, um, our daughter, Rebecca, who's an integral part of our uh, operation when it comes to showing the sheep, um, she's attended more Royal Melbourne shows than what she's had birthdays.
1: And will she continue the tradition on?
0: It'll it'll be interesting. Um, she lives her own life. She loves the sheep. She loves the showing side of it. Uh, whether she'll be able to down the track or not, um, we don't know at this stage um it would be great from our point of view if she was able to do so um but if she's not that's so be it yeah yeah
1: that's amazing and have you got out of all the memories like incredible getting the champion ram and champion you have you got a a favorite or, or fondest memory of of it over the last what has been 48 years
2: Oh, I don't know. I suppose winning the double
0: would stand out. As winning most. winning the double was a was a big event. Yeah. Um, no, look, I I can't think of any. There's been some good ones. There's been some not so enjoyable ones for a variety of reasons. Um, but uh, this has probably been the most disappointing uh, this year and not being able to to attend but that there's so many people can say that all around the country about this and and other shows as well um but um I, I look back over the 48 years and um there's some very good memories there's some memories that are um probably not for for for, for sharing um <laughs> We were, you know, on the showgrounds at different times back in the old days when um, there were some hijinks and some what have you at uh, um, at different times, um, and some of those memories stand out to me. But um, um, yeah, no, there's there are a lot of good memories of
1: Melbourne Show, and and this year is going to be. A pretty good one as well you you'd bred a good lineup and you were looking forward to showing them we might have even seen a few more rosettes
0: um who knows that the competition in our breed is as strong as it's ever been um over the last few years we've been changing the uh, the style of our sheep a little bit um and the last few immediate few years in the show ring we probably haven't had the success that we would like to have had but we understand why Um, what we've been doing over the last three to five years um, is coming to fruition at the moment and we genuinely believe that the team we would have shown this year is probably the best that we've had would have had in the last five years so that's disappointing. Um, but having said that, um, I believe this year's land drop is better than last year. So, you know, bring on next year.
1: Yeah. Bring on next year and the year after I reckon. Yeah. And when you're doing something for so long and I don't think there's many people who stay in the one job for three decades let alone five how do you maintain the passion for farming and for agriculture
0: i've never wanted to do anything else when i was a preschool child um i talked about wanting to be a farmer and my father made me a model farm um i've never wanted to do anything else and um you know, you get to an age and you start to realise you're not going to be able to do it forever. And um, that saddens you because I still, I want to just keep going forever. Um, I love the position we're in at the moment because we're semi-retired. I haven't got as much work to do and the only stock we've got now is stud sheep. And um, what's been at times a sideline to our main farming business is now all we do and and i couldn't be happier and um uh i don't know i don't know how you the, the passion's just there it's unwavering
1: that's incredible oh and if i'm honest as i'm sitting at the other end of because i wish we could have done it face to face but at the other end of the phone here like I've just been smiling the whole time as you've been talking, just because your story is just incredible and just the passion that comes through is amazing.
0: <laughs> I've got no answer for that. That that's just what it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's fantastic. And so, one question I normally ask people um, when they come on is around thinking about the world we live in today and around agriculture. Like, if you had the chance to speak to some high school kids now about careers and, and you're far more well credentialed than than I am when it comes to giving people life advice as well. In terms of thinking about careers and opportunities in agriculture, what is it about farming and agriculture today that excites you and what would be your message to them?
2: Oh, gee. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Um... Um, if I'm going to be
0: 100% honest, farming today and the outlook and the way it has to be done for people to make a, a, a living um, doesn't excite me as much as what it used to be. I love the lifestyle. Um, I love living and working in the country. I'm I'm very happy working on my own. Um, But advice to young people today, you've got to love what you do. Um, And then it doesn't matter what field you're in, if you genuinely love the work that you do, then it's not work. It comes easy and you put in the extra yards. Um, To go into farming today, you have to be adaptable, you have to be aware of everything that's happening around you um, uh, you have to get the right advice you have to be flexible in your operation to some degree um, and you, you you've got to be prepared to you have to make your own decision it doesn't matter how much advice you get whether you talk to other people, whether you listen to the so-called experts, whether you read, doesn't matter what it is, you have to be able to um, go through that information and from that, make your own decisions and move forward in a way that's comfortable and works for
1: you. Yep. That's good advice. Absolutely. Finding something you love. And in terms of, I think your love for the show is obviously so incredibly strong. Um, I I find the story of how you two met through it so interesting. And, and obviously it is incredibly sad that the show couldn't go ahead this year as planned, but in true uh, Royal Melbourne show style, they have adapted and they've gone to a, a bit more of an online celebration of it. So, from where I sit I can't wait to see Well, congratulations firstly on 50 years of breeding suffix and in another couple of years I can't wait to see that 50 years of exhibiting it's uh, an incredible milestone and one that I think a lot of people will really look forward to
0: yeah it's a big milestone Um, it's a long way back when you look back um, the challenge is now to continue and make it 60 at least and we'll reassess
1: then. I love it. Well, thank you very much for joining me on the humans of agriculture podcast today, Doug and Laurelie Deppler and in partnership with the Royal Melbourne show, this has been a really exciting episode And, and thank you very much for sharing your story and the importance of the Royal Melbourne show.
0: Thanks, Ollie.
1: Well, thanks for listening to that episode with Doug and Laurelie Depler. I had a lot of fun recording that one, and I apologise that the sound wasn't great the whole way through, but I just can't get over the passion and drive that they still have after 50 years in their business and their love for the Royal Melbourne Show. On Wednesday, I'll be chatting with Amy Bolton, who although is a Victorian local, has spent this year up in Queensland, the lucky thing, and she was really excited to be getting back down to Victoria for the show this year. To not only see her family, but she's incredibly involved, even from afar. Looking forward to chatting with you on Wednesday.